This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command post-game live time. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman alongside Logan Paulson after a 22-17 win for the Washington Commanders over the New England Patriots. Uh, First win for Washington over New England in a very, very long time. Logan, also uh, the first time the New England Patriots have blown a lead at halftime at home in a long time. They're now like 109 and four, I think at Gillette Stadium. Uh, We're 109 and three going into the game uh, with the lead at halftime, but the Commanders able to come back in the second half. And to me, Logan, this was a game that should have been a blowout for Washington. Um, there's a couple of plays that changed the scoreline, but they thoroughly dominated and never felt like the game was in doubt. Uh, even if the, by a scoreline basis, it was in doubt right down until that final drive and the final interception by Quan Martin. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's a lot uh, going on, you know, with regards to the offense. I think the offense had a very solid production. That was something that we were kind of worried about was like, what's that offense going to look like versus the Bill Belichick, uh, Bill Belichick led defense. And I thought they came up and did an admirable job of kind of showing who they are, right. And showing what they want to be. And, and Sam did a great job. And that was really exciting for me to see. And I think the thing that is still semi disappointing coming out of it is that the defense still kind of at moments, right. In terms of coverage kind of gave up opportunities where, um, you know, there could have been a big play and, and, you know, like Jamin, for example, on the, it was like a wheel route late in the game where they kind yeah. of do the fake choice, start of their feet. He goes up the sideline. Great job by Jamin recovering, batting the, getting the ball out, but you know, versus a better quarterback, that's probably a bigger play. So, um, I think like there are a lot of positives to take from the game. I think you're right on in terms of what's going on from an offensive standpoint. I think, you know, defensively, there's a lot of stuff to take away that's positive too, but still I'm a little disappointed that they, couldn't limit the explosive plays from this new uh, New England offense. Like that was a little bit surprising to me. They gave up a an explosive uh, run to run Ramondre Stevenson on a cross dog that didn't quite hit home, and that's tough, man. That's tough. And and if you want to 
win football games in this league. Those are errors that need to be kind of mitigated. And again, it's a good thing that it happened against a football team that's uh, that's struggling right now. And because I think a better football team would take advantage. But again, in terms of things that I'm positive about, I thought the effort was good defensively, and I thought offensively there was a lot of really um, impressive things that Sam did. I thought there was a nice maturation there, and um, and I think that's pretty positive. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of places to be optimism. I like there's this is the kind of game there's a little bit of something for everyone. Sure. Right? Like you only beat New England by three. Uh, they're not very good at all. Um, if anything, you, you like a pessimist view would kind of be like, oh, that's the class of team that we belong in. Like that was those are our neighbors, and we just barely have a nicer house than them. Um, I think by the optimist side, you go. Well, shoot, if uh, K.J. Henry doesn't have one of the worst roughing calls we've ever seen in our lives called on him, there's three points off the board. If Sam just, like, I don't know, does anything but throw the ball right to Kyle Duggar uh, in the end zone, then that's probably another three points. And then the whole demeanor and and tenor of the game changes just on those two plays. Nevertheless, the B-Rob fumble, which is an uncharacteristic play, by sure. him um, like there, there's a there's a couple of play, like every game there's a couple of plays that change it dramatically um, but that's the nature of the NFL and in that way I think there is something for everyone um, I'll, I'll take an optimistic view of the defense to start um, and then we'll circle back to Sam and his performance in the offense the two top rookies today played so much better. I mean, that's that's Forbes played easily great. the best game of Manuel Forbes career like they kept challenging him and kept challenging him and he was great. He you know, nearly had the pick. That should have been an OPI, by the way, yeah. on uh, Jalen Rager. It's like if 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 the if you're praising the wide receiver for becoming a DB, that doesn't mean he gets to commit PI <laughs> and get away with it because uh, a DB never would. Um, so that was a that was a bad missed call on what should have been a, an even bigger play for Forbes. And then Quan comes through in the end. Uh, he's right place, right time. I think more than anything else, but he gets the pick. He secures it and. Um, I, I think that's obviously a fantastic sign to see some of the younger players in this rookie class that have, as a rookie class that hasn't really done anything positive so far this year, outside of one or two select plays, uh, that finally gets going here halfway through the rookie year, and, and you love to see that. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch the All-22 with regards to Forbes and with with regards to Quan more specifically, because I think Quan is a guy that's kind of in the mix he's in the box it's kind of hard to tell what he's doing he's blitzing a ton he's in coverage so i just want to see what his role looked like uh today and obviously he's able to capitalize in a huge moment in the game and you mentioned forbes i think rightfully so man he did a great job of kind of putting himself in position to make plays and uh, you know smoot always says it right you need like a confidence game like a get right game and i felt like uh and smoot felt like and i felt like and tana felt like that this would be an opportunity if you wanted to to get Forbes some opportunity to play because the level of competition from a receiver standpoint wasn't going to be A.J. Brown. And I am glad that Forbes came out and did some good stuff um, from a coverage standpoint. Nice and sticky, good instincts, all those things. The other thing is I thought he tackled better than I've seen him tackle the past couple of weeks. Like not, you know, he's not, you know, Brian Urlacher or Ray Lewis or anything like that, <laughs> but he does get down in there and he's, you know, he's he right. forced some plays, which is something you hadn't seen from him a ton. So I think on the whole, I think that's a great point. Lots of, a lot of positive things uh, from those two young guys. I think the two rotational defensive ends who are now starting, Casey Tool and James, I thought both had solid performances. I thought it was nice um, that Andre had like a, you know, he batted a pass down and 
showed something. Obviously, that'll get fleshed out more as we get into the All-22. And then you mentioned I, th I think KJ real quick on Jones, um, just to interject before I lose this train of thought on Jones, I do think some of his youth showed big time. Like there's sure, sometimes sure. he gets flushed inside and like, like, hey man, you got responsibilities. You got to watch, you got to watch how 95 and 96 do this. You can't just go run inside. And, yep. and I know you're the pass rush guy, but um, that is that is some of the, the, the youth and why I think there's probably limited opportunities for him specifically compared to, uh, I, I was kind of surprised how much uh, James and Casey played in this game. Like they kind of played that 90%, almost 80, 85% of snaps probably. I don't, I don't have the math in front of me at this point, but like yeah. that was pretty, it was pretty surprising. And I think those young guys are going to have to earn those reps uh, in rotation by making, playing with a little bit more or a lot more discipline. Um, we'll have to obviously have more on that later in the week. No, a hundred percent, but I think it's good to see them flash you know that they have a yeah. pulse um in terms of the defense and again like that's something that we'll figure out but i do think you know um this is a, a take that fred had and it's like you want as a coach you want guys that um are that that aren't going to get you fired and i think that's what james and casey do pretty consistently is they're not going to get you fired right they're going to do what they're supposed to do they're going to be what they're going to they're where they're supposed to be they're going to fit runs correctly and that's what they did um, you know, I thought there was some good stuff from Jamin. Like, obviously, they tried to get after him a little bit from a coverage standpoint. Um, but I think there were times where he did some good stuff and, like, he made some plays when he had to make them. So, obviously, again, like, to, for a comprehensive review of all of every single position, we'll be able to watch it in the All-22 and give you a better answer. But uh, to your point, there are some positive things to take away from the defense from an individual standpoint, and oftentimes there are, even in the All-22. I just think I'm a little disappointed with the fact that this, this kind of bugaboo that keeps popping up for them in terms of explosive plays just keeps kind of popping up. And it's nothing – it's not an effort thing necessarily. Um, it's just – like like that cross dog i mean what is like you gotta you gotta make a play there right you gotta get across the top you gotta play that correctly and fit that um appropriately or you're gonna get stuff like this and against a a better football team like that could have come and that could have been the deciding factor in the game and i understand defensively you're not going to be perfect but i do think that you know in a game like this and you know it's nice to have a game like this where you win um, a close competitive game, but you can make some of these corrections and coach hard off of it. And I think that's what I hope to see this week because I do think that group is very, very talented. I, I mean, when I look at them on paper, when I look at the roster, I'm like, man, they do good things. They are talented. They play hard. It's just about eliminating some of those, um, again, those, those bugaboos. So, Yeah, I think with the, I mean, a pass game mistake, explosive play, sometimes as simple as one guy just getting beat. Yeah. Um, I think the run game one, which they haven't had too many of They've those been pretty this good. year. No, it's a good point. Um, yep. But they, they uh, on that play in particular, and this is kind of how it works in the running game. Like you have a mistake at one level, it's a four, it's a five yard gain. You have a mistake at two levels, it's like a ten yard gain. You have a mistake at three levels, it's a touchdown. And that's what happens. Like you get a huge hole up front. You get Jamin not getting over on the cross dog, and then St. Juice, uh, I think it was, it might have been Kendall, whoever the corner was, gets his face blocked off. You know, Percy twenty yards down the field, and Percy tackle. doesn't. I mean, that's a tough, tough angle I'm for not, Percy. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, you're hoping that he can make that play. And frankly, it's a tough play for Jamin. Like in a way, it's a you know, I think offensively, like we're looking at it from New England side, and we're doing a New England podcast. It's like, well, we caught him in the right look, and we, yeah. we got it. It's a tough ask for Jamin Mayo inherently because he's cross dogging, takes himself out of the play, right. um, and so it's you know, it's it's different than just like people flowing over the top and able to kind of cover. Um, so it's, it's a good play call by new England. It's a, it's a rough spot. You have answers defensively, but it takes mistake at all three levels to give that up on that particular play. 
Um, and that, that can't really happen in the NFL, um, especially against a team where the margin of error is going to be a lot smaller, which is every other team on the schedule for the sure. remainder of the season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I think that's why it's a little bit frustrating. I mean, you win the game. You played well enough to win the game. You made stops when you had to make stops. You did what you were supposed to do most of the time. But I just I think this group is better than that. I think they're more talented than that. I think they, they've got enough players who can play more consistent than – and again, we're talking about one play, right? And yeah. when we get the All-22, we'll be able to talk about it more comprehensively and, and, and more nuanced. And that's why you guys listen to this podcast. But um, just leaving the game, I was like, man, you know, it would have been nice if they could have – had a had a cleaner sheet and again like you know not to absolve the offense but they fumbled the you know the b-rob's fumbles on like the 30 yard line or the 25 yard line whatever it is and so that's a short field two plays later yep. they score so there is offensive culpability in some of those points but um yeah again like i think i, I have high expectations for that group and i'm excited for that group still even though they've struggled throughout the year like i want them to be the best version of, of themselves and i think for this team to get where they got to go uh, or where they want to go this year um, even with the record being what it is, if Sam's playing football like this, this is an exciting opportunity. And so if the defense gets 10, 15% better, like they're gonna be they're gonna be a headache for some teams. And I think that's something that that's again something that makes me excited, right? I, coming out of this game, there's a lot of um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of corrections that need to be made. Like I'm not the coach, but we'll watch it and we'll figure some of those out for for the for the review pod. But I'm also like, man, like for Sam to do what he did and for him to look like this two weeks in a row, like maybe we are turning a corner. And if you do have a guy who I don't want to say is your franchise guy because I hate anointing people so so relatively early in the process, but he's showing you something. And if that something continues to blossom, then this could be awesome for this team and for this organization. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm calling attention to some of the defensive mistakes because I think if they do get that corrected, then – Man, we're coming out of this game with our heads held high, feeling really optimistic going up to Seattle. 
No doubt about it. And uh, I do want to go deeper on Sam in a second and kind of sure. ask that question of where we are in the process uh, with him, especially with John Allen's uh, post-game comments where he's like, this dude is the future. Like John, <laughs> John said it. Um, so don't, don't get mad at me, Logan, when I, when I no, you know, I'm, I'm not, bring that but up. Like- um, but I think defensively, it sounds harsh, almost what you're saying, because they gave up three points in the second half. But like, right. if you watch, you see where they gave up three points in the second half in part because Mac Jones is Mac Jones. Like they just, right. they just, there's guys open, they miss some stuff. Um, and against like, it felt inevitable, the result in a lot of ways, yeah. because you knew that they, New England was incapable of making the plays. It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Like Mac will screw it up somehow. Or well, the ball will go through Juju Smith-Schuster's hands at the end. And, you know, I don't know if you were at that Rager point. drops that post, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Like, it, I mean, balls go through. That's not even on Mac, a couple of the biggest plays of the game. And, you know, I, I don't know what the hell Jonathan Vilma, who I think is pretty good, um, you know, I'll do, calling games is hard, doing stuff in the moment. But, like, at, on the broadcast at the end, he's like, no, that's, and I think, I think kind of what happened was he called it one way initially and he didn't want to admit that he was wrong, um, which happens sometimes. Uh, but he, uh, he's blaming it on Mac. And it's like, he hit a dude in the hands and they're down a field goal. They weren't in field goal range and he threw a ball that should have gotten there. You have, you know, uh, the ability to get up and spike it and kick a makeable field goal to send the thing to overtime. Like Juju's got to catch the ball. And he doesn't. It goes through his hands, and Quan Martin finishes. And, like, that's what we talked about coming out of last week's game with the Eagles was can you finish? And at the end of the day, well, it wasn't perfect from Washington, just like it wasn't perfect for Philly last week. Yeah. They finished. And when you finish uh, plays in the NFL, you win football games. When you don't, you lose. And that's kind of the story uh, in terms of commander's defense versus Patriots offense for today. On the other side of the ball, the story is that Sam Howell looks really good and he passed a test that he hadn't passed yet which is facing a complex defense some of his biggest games came against defenses that well talented and good and say philadelphia um definitely play it on a more simpler side of things and he showed an ability to dissect that but today he passes the kind of test that we've been waiting for logan and i'm curious where that puts him with you now a couple of big games in a row um bouncing back showing that maturity showing that resilience and and looking every bit of a franchise quarterback at this point in what is almost his rookie season. Yeah. And again, like I don't like christening people, but everything like you said is, is trending in that direction. And that's awesome. And the fact that I think the most important thing is that he gets better each week, even after a bad loss, like he learns from that and he gets better and he's been better in the pocket. And today you saw some of his athleticism outside the pocket. You saw some of his ability to extend inside the pocket. And I think that's one thing, even though some of those plays are really good, I would just be like, Hey man, against a better pass rush, you can't vacate clean pockets, but he comes out and makes plays like three explosive plays to Brian Pringle off of, of Byron Pringle, excuse me, off of scrambles, which is great. The throw to Jahan. Awesome. Right? Like there was just so much positive stuff. The, the ball to Terry where Terry kind of runs that, that kind of deep angled corner. That's a tough throw. Yeah. And he's and he's delivering those things at a high level. His ability to kind of hit the quick game, Logan Thomas underneath. EB, I thought, called a great game, you know. But I also think it's important to note that Sam elevated the game plan. Like EB didn't have to call a perfect game because even when it was like a kind of a, you know, they had it covered or it wasn't perfect, Sam did what Sam does and, and elevated the thing and elevated the play. And I think that is that's something that again that gives me more optimism. Now it's two games in a row. And the good ones do it for long stretches. They do it for years. And um, so, you know, obviously they got another big test come up here against Seattle. But to your point, and 
it's 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 something that says, man, if this is real with the playmakers that he's got, the way the O line, I think they deserve a ton of credit. They're playing a lot better. Not a lot of missed protections today. Um, they had one, you know, which is maybe tough, kind of in a man look, didn't get ID'd correctly. I don't know whose fault that is, but they're playing better and they're and they've been playing. I think they've been playing at this level the whole time, but now you're getting to see it because Sam is being better about not taking sacks and getting the ball out of his hands. So that offense is definitely trending in the right direction. And it's, it's exciting for sure. For sure. And I mean, let's, let's also acknowledge that I think this line has played two games versus the, whatever that Gates played, but like Larson is making a difference. Um, They've identified stuff correctly two weeks in a row and they were definitely struggling with that. And maybe they're able to take some of that off of Sam's plate uh, where not as much with Gates because Larson started double plus the amount of games. I mean, period. And like five times as many games at center as Nick Gates had. I would also wonder this, this would be uh, the, the point in our review pod or in our instant reaction pod where I give you a homework assignment. Like, I wonder how much more kind of the stoutness of Larson and Paul mm. is helping Sam. I mean, that's one of the things that came up as we were kind of dissecting all of the the issues with Sam and pressure and sacks earlier in the year. And someone brought up in, I mean, it was a YouTube comment and I wish I, I need to go back and find it so I can just start crediting this person for a very sure. good point they made. But it was like in New Orleans with Breeze because of his height, like they had a very specific kind of guard and those guards were super stout and they were like Pro Bowl right. level guys, but just maybe it's an extra half yard of, of pocket where with a quarterback that's six foot instead of six four, that could matter in a way that is significant. And I just wonder if he's seeing things better, if Paul and Larson being a little bit bigger bodied um, and, and having different advantages versus what Sadiq and Gates brought, and especially Sadiq with the athleticism, is that actually, even, even though the offensive line was playing fine, this isn't hindsight and trying to say that they actually stunk um, when we know that they were providing an adequate amount of time and whatever, is this style of play and the way they block a better fit with Sam Howell? I think that would be an interesting thing to look at. I don't yeah. even know if that's visible on tape because you'd have to like start getting out like markers and protractors and stuff uh, to see how just how <laughs> deep and and you know set those pockets are. But it is something that I wonder and I think about with Larson and and Paul in there. It also could be a two game sample size, sure. and he could get wrecked for seven sacks next week against Seattle. And this is all going to sound very silly, but I do think the bigger thing, Logan, for me in terms of the progression on like, is he the franchise guy is there's some quarterbacks who kind of like, are you figuring it out? They just survive in the league. And you're like, I don't know if you can kind of figure it out. Maybe you can be a game manager. He does stuff. That's just special, man. Like the unteachable stuff that he does. And you see it today in a guy like CJ Stroud. Um, yeah. in Houston and like I think all both of us would take Stroud in an instant over Howell right now um, with CJ being younger being second overall pick for a reason all that kind of stuff but like Stroud makes some really special throws we're just like that dude's gonna be fine right. in this league and Sam does the same stuff and I think if Sam like the, the quiz that I give myself is if Sam was a first round pick even last year uh, nevertheless this year how would we be talking about him? You'd be feeling pretty good about it. You'd like, be feeling you'd be great feeling if he great was a, it. If it was a first round pick. He was a fifth. And like know. that at that point it shouldn't matter. If you'd feel good about it, you should feel good about it. And I think that is where this organization is. And I don't think that they're wrong. Yeah. I and mean, I think uh 
you know, like everyone's making fun of Ron for that comment. He said, oh, like, what are we going to do with about the defensive line being gone? He's like, well, we got the quarterback. And I, I know that's everyone's been kind of getting on him about it, but there's some it's truth me. there. I'm the person. Like, there is, like <laughs> just answer the question that's presented to you. That doesn't mean that your point that you made instead is wrong. I just don't. There's enough politicians in D.C. who answer the questions that aren't asked. You don't need to be another one. You be the football coach. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is like in football, like that's such a big part. That's such a huge part. And obviously, if if this is it, and again, we're talking about if and maybes and all these different things, but he's shown sure. enough. It's it's the same thing. Like you watch that Will Levis game against Pittsburgh, and you see a couple of moments where you're like, he is the only person in the league that can make that throw. Like his the moxie there, the courage, right, with Will Levis. And Sam, every couple of games, you see something, and you're like, wow, that is incredibly bright. That's incredibly shiny. Like I think about the Philly game, the touchdown to Logan Thomas, you see it from the wide. You're like, nah, that's okay. You go to the end zone, man. He's he's throwing a little bit sidearm in between two offensive linemen over Nakobe D's outstretched hands into a tight window with Logan Thomas. And I'm like, that is special, right? You right. go back, you watch the, the Broncos game. There's like 10 special throws in there. You watch this game, the, the throw to Jahan is on the money, like special. The ability to extend the play, hit Byron Pringle for a, a, an explosive play, special. And so it's just about does that continue to develop into kind of this the cerebral that kind of undefinable element of playing quarterback and i and i and i guess it sounds like you're excited i'm excited because it seems to be trending in that way now it's again it's what is it seven games eight games that they've played so far this year nine and now yeah they're four nine, and five. yeah and that that in of itself is a very small statistical sample so he might hit a regression at some point and it might be terrible but the fact that he, the way he talks in the media the way he plays, yes. the competitive na nature, the the natural kind of quiet leadership you've got, it's it feels like it's heading in that direction. It it reminds me a lot of like Kirk Cousins, and I feel better about this than I do about Kirk because there's more talent there, there's more physical ability there than with Kirk. But the same, it's the same type of approach seemingly. So that's um that's pretty exciting for me. And again, like you said, lot of. A lot of what ifs still to be answered here, but again, if if this is it, think about what you can do in the draft next year. Thinking about what you can do with all all that cap space. There's so much available to this team in terms of improvement, and all of a sudden, the model for winning a Super Bowl is now laid at your feet because you found a guy in the fifth round on a rookie deal, and you can just build a roster around him. And so, I know right. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that is what this means if it if it turns out to be true. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right. A hundred percent. And, and that's the, like, it, the thing is, it's like, if you found a guy that can get you by, like in the fifth round, that's still kind of exciting. Um, if you're yeah. like, wow, we don't have to worry about quarterback. I think the thing that's exciting for me, that's like thrilling to think about if you let yourself like just run away with optimism is he could not just be like a survive guy. He could thrive. Yeah. He's good. Like yeah. the, 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 you talked about some of the special throws and I'll name some of the other ones, like the, the ability to roll out and keep his eyes down the field, the 24 yard scramble on third and 23. Like yeah. what the hell is that? Like that's, yeah. 
that's big time stuff. And 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 I you kind of see him like doing the calculation, like, should I get down? I've been told I got to get down more. No, it's third down. This is the time they said I can go be college Sam Howell and run around and be a pinball. Like, this is cool. Bong, bong, you know, off the walls he goes. And then all of a sudden he's got a first down. Like there's, there's the quick arm strength stuff. There is the mobile, like multiple arm angle stuff. And, and you said it too, like his, his ability in not just the media, but his ability in the locker room. Like you hear him post game and he's talking about how he is one of the guys that's talking to Emmanuel Forbes to keep his head in the game. Like he is showing a moxie and a leadership that we saw the tiniest of glimpse of last year. And I will always go back to this moment with how, and the look on Ron Rivera's face after the Dallas game, when he's talking about, we got everything we need in this room. And Ron kind of looks and he's like, wait, I got, I had that guy here the whole time. Yeah. Like we were messing around with these other dudes and we had to like, all due respect to Carson Wentz, but like we had to build a, you know, a foam you know pad around Carson to make sure <laughs> his feelings to getting hurt. And we had this dude with this moxie the whole time. Right. Like, that is the kind of stuff that you go, oh, you have it here, which is the non-negotiable part to be great. And then you can continually work on reading defenses and, and, and having an understandable understanding of the game. And we know he's got physical talent. So, yeah, man. Like, and, I, and there, I just wanna... there's, still, there's still stuff that has to be worked on. But there's not just like good enough there. There's really good there. Yeah, and I think that's what I want to point out is like obviously we're excited, but like we understand that this is a process and he's still growing in that process and we still need to see more things answered. But like I don't think it's surprising that Ron is always referencing this as the thing of his tenure here. For sure. Because if it is the thing, it changes the organization. So um again, like we're excited about him, excited offensive lines playing better. Nice to see the receivers get more touches throughout, kind of throughout the the um the what you call it the the depth chart I guess right or yeah. the, the 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 list the there roster, yeah they, they yeah got the roster everybody had it go. and by the way what'd your boy say at the end of pregame what was it Jahan it was Jahan, about Jahan. eight targets they win how many do you have I don't know did he have eight eight on the nose let's there go. you go there you go predictive uh what do they call that like your predictive statistics. Now. So That's I think analytics, it's, kids. It's not. It's not analytics. <laughs> and so I think, like offensively, all a lot of good stuff. And now it's just about can some of these holes in the defense? Because I think they they didn't play terribly. I don't want I don't want that to come out of here. But there's a couple things, probably five things, like you were talking about. That if you fill those in, you know, maybe they make a late run here. And it reminds me a little bit of 2012. Obviously. They've got a lot of way, a lot, little ways to go before they're there, but it reminds me of that a little bit. And um, it's just about whether they can clean up those five to ten plays a game defensively and uh, transversely offensively too. There's a couple of plays in there, the fumble, the interception, um, that you're saying, man, they're so close to being right there. And I know this is a bad New England team, but that yeah. defense is good. That's a good defense. And they did what they needed to do, and they played better than I thought they were going to play, to be quite honest. So that's another reason why I'm excited. Yeah, um, but it's got to turn into, and the thing is, like, it's, you know, if Sam, let's say Sam actually throws that ball out of bounds at the end of the first half, and then they come back on the next play and score a touchdown, like, how differently do we feel about this oh game if gosh. the final score is 27-17 versus 20-17, to right? Like, yeah. that that one play and the potential for one more to follow it changes dramatically, but if they go put up 27 on this, this New England defense, like, ooh, but that's yeah. the NFL. You can do that every single week. What if this guy does that? What if, yeah. what if, like, if, if uh, Rager catches the post, if one other thing goes right, like, 
Maybe we're talking about, you know, New England dropping 30 on the Commanders. So that is the nature of things. Uh, Anything else from the game that you would like to get to? Um, Obviously, we're going to talk about more in-depth stuff in terms of film review. But I think Jamison Crowder is a guy that needs a little bit of a shout out. Uh, He does a really nice job back there catching punts. Mike, he does a great job. And he does a great job of getting you 10 to 12 to 15 yards every single time. And that's been a sneaky bump for this offense and for this team and so i wanted to give him a shout out before we moved on 100 percent. i mean I, I think the problem last year was they didn't want to risk jahan and they didn't have anybody who could reliably catch it outside of dax milne and when we were like hey the best thing they can they catching it's the most important thing it's still true but james catches it and then some and you see the value of having the end then some um yeah for sure um, and interestingly, Dax Milne with his four week injury has not come back off of IR this year. And, um, you know, them's, them's be the breaks. Um, Byron Pringle, I think also deserves a shout out. We mentioned him a little yeah. bit earlier, but like he wound up being the guy that I think played a lot more this week offensively with the Curtis Samuel injury. And he did a fantastic job. Um, still man, God, Diami, you talk about plays that could have been made. If Diami yeah. do- catches that ball that goes through his hands. It's just it's so frustrating because I think I think Diami is better than people realize, but he still is oh, that so one, much potential yeah. because like he's better. Was than that people before realize. the pick? Was that before the interception? And it was right before the pick. Oh, yeah, it was the gosh, same drive. Yeah. Um, and Jahan may have had one. Of, there was there was someone else who had a ball uh, that was like well placed enough. I know he had something. those two one hand attempts that he kind of like yeah yeah. Oh, we'll get those to the, in the all. Yeah, I, I, I'm forgetting the details now, but it, the the main thing is like. Diami does such a good job doing a lot of dirty work. Um, like he's a great blocker and, and does a lot of stuff. But man, if he could ever just develop as a receiver, like as a catching the ball receiver, um, that would be cool. And it kind of you're kind of reminded of that during the game, like with with Rager. It's like ah, oh, this guy's so explosive, he's so talented. Why can't he put it together? Oh right, because he can't catch, which is a kind of important <laughs> part of of playing wide receiver in the NFL. And it was interesting during the broadcast. Even um, they're talking about how Jahan. Went yeah. back and he's like, what did I do at Penn State that I don't do as well now? Oh, I catch the ball. That's where my production went. So, um, you know, catching the ball, important. That's the kind of insight you come to the Take Command podcast for. It's true, though. All right. Uh, that is all for the instant reaction version of the podcast. We go much deeper on our tape review. We tape it Tuesday mornings. Often uh, some of it sneaks out on YouTube by Tuesday night. And then uh, Wednesday morning, it is in your audio feeds. And then, of course, we will get ready for Seattle on Friday. Uh, if you can come hang out with us, uh, Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor. We'll be there at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, so that'll be fun, Logan. We'll get to watch all the games. We preview Commanders and Seahawks. So we'll see everybody at Tap then. For Logan Paulson, I'm Craig Hoffman. Thanks for watching and listening. And we will see you for the tape review pod midweek.